Welcome to this week's End of Days Update, coming to you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Gosh, we had such a great time last week in Topeka, Kansas, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, such good meetings. And then we got to be at Faith uh, World Outreach there and him at California. Had, had a great time. Such hungry people. Both places had wonderful meetings. Well, we're coming to you every week to look at the different things that point to the coming of the Lord, specifically the gathering of nations for the Ezekiel 38 war, because the rapture is signless, but the second coming has tons of signs. And we can kind of see what happens right after the rapture of the church, and that is the uh, attack of uh, war of Gog and Magog. Kind of interesting, this week the rabbis in Israel said that uh, the location of that war is Basra. That's exactly where uh, that drone was taken out by, by Iran. So a lot keeps happening about that. It's interesting that uh, our country ordered a strike against Iran, uh, and of course it was pulled back just right after it was ordered. Uh, just because of it's going to be a little bit disproportionate. So it is interesting to hear the rest of the world. Uh, they went to the UN to show that Iran had basically put explosives on those two tankers and then took out the drone, and, and the UN refused to address it or even put, basically not even saying that Iran was responsible for it. There's so much happening with that right now that is kind of a setup for what's going to happen after we leave. A precursor, man, many, many things keep happening. Probably the biggest thing that happened this last week in Israel was uh, Jared Kushner basically unveiled the economic proposal for the Palestinians a little bit early, even before it was supposed to. So, man, amazing. $50 billion package for the Palestinians. And what they do, they hated it. It was all about get, making sure the Palestinians had an infrastructure of roads, uh, railway systems, and even hotels for their waterfront property. Uh, Gaza is the only place where the Palestinians are where Israel gives them beachfront property and they start building rockets to try to attack Israel. So, amazing. This probably the most far-reaching economic plan you could ever imagine for the Palestinians. Just to give you a reference, when uh, President Obama, with John Kerry as the Secretary of State, they offered $4 billion to try to kind of jumpstart the Palestinian economy. This was $50 billion. All of the Palestinian leadership completely, uh, wholeheartedly rejected it. Saudi Arabia is so on board that it looks like in the last couple of days that the Palestinians have come around a little bit. Look at the difference in 2000. When uh, Listen to what the Palestinians were offered. They were offered, offered 92% of the West Bank in the year 2000 with East Jerusalem as their capital, and they still turned that down. So Israel even came back and countered with 97% of the West Bank they offered the Palestinians. The Palestinians still turned them down. So, man, that is a radical amount uh, to be offered to them even right now. So it'll be interesting. This is a precursor for what will happen. People are going, is this the, this is the agreement with the Antichrist? No. The Antichrist will come on the scene and have an economic answer just like this, but probably even more uh, bizarre, and, and Israel will sign with that. And we know that's called the covenant with death and hell. But boy, what precursors are leading up to that? So in the middle of that, you have so much more going on with Iran. You have our country doing cyber warfare with Iran. We have new sanctions coming against Ayatollah Khomeini. I mean, he's, he's, his billions of dollars personal money, it looks like we're able to tie up a little bit of that. In the midst of all this, no one says a word about Iran hauling weaponry all the way down into Syria so that Lebanon and Hezbollah can annihilate Israel. I mean, there's weaponry after weaponry after weaponry, and there's no verbiage about that at all. That's why we're sticklers for, for putting Iran in its place. Not only are they able to start eventually making a nuclear weapon, but they're continually shipping weapons down to try to annihilate Israel. So lots going on with that. You had our Secretary of Defense Bolton in Israel with uh, Russia's foreign minister. Russia took up for Iran on every front, saying that Iran was helping get rid of uh, terrorists in Syria. Well, Iran's basically supplying all the terrorists in Syria with weaponry. So it's just bizarre to hear people talk like they talk these days. So very, very unusual. you got a huge, uh, uh, basically, an, an American along with other countries in Ukraine. There's going to be a defense drill for with, what, 20 ships, 30-some-odd airplanes in the Ukraine for about 20 days. A lot of things happening with that. Many more things are going on. I, pr I probably think this is probably one of the weirdest ones. The UN has unveiled the Palmyra Arch, which is a representation of the New World Order, idolatry, and quantum physics, right there at CERN's company in Switzerland. Now, you need to look up CERN. Uh, it's a particle collider there in Switzerland where they're looking for the God particle. They're saying something from the unknown is getting ready to be revealed. Look at their logo. Their logo is 666. Crazy. 
So, so much is happening that's pointing to the coming of the Lord. There's tons more anti-Semitism. Hard to even get into all of it. It's along with all the weird stuff happening uh, with, with gender stuff all over the world right now. It's such a complete setup and a platform for the coming of the Lord. Uh, I'm really surprised that even while all this is happening, you had rockets fired from Gaza into southern Israel. You had Israel having to do an attack into Syria to take out some more weaponry. So all the, the usual continues to happen, along with the politics of trying to get rid of Benjamin Netanyahu because he's too hawkish while he's trying to protect the country. Same thing with the United States. It's just absolutely amazing. So many things are a total setup right now for what's going to happen right after the rapture of the church. Amazing that we get to watch it. So what do we do? We, we always go back to the scripture. We go back and look at the signs. I mean, the things are happening every week around there. But let's go back to what, what the scripture says. And there will be a several more things I'll, I'll hit on toward the end about what's happening around Israel right now. Number one, you got Israel made a nation. Then you got Jerusalem won back. you got the Hebrew language restored. you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. you got the fertility of the land of Israel. you got the revival of the Roman Empire. Amazing. You have the Temple Mount Institute that's ready. You had Ezekiel prophesying that there'd be uh, fish in the Dead Sea. It happened this year, prophesied 2,700 years ago. So you have all these tangible, physical signs. Jesus said, if you see the first two, Israel made a nation in Jerusalem on back. He said, that generation won't pass away till all is fulfilled. So what, how blessed are we to watch all these verses come to pass right in front of our eyes? Man, what a blessed generation we are that we know that we're living. Jesus said you could know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Then he said, this generation will not pass away till all is fulfilled. The one that sees those two first signs. Then after that, you got many more. you got 172 different species of predatory birds showing up. I talk about my dog. I can't even get my dog to hop in my truck, much less having animals lined up two by two to get in the yard. Crazy. That's a radical sign for the people. So you have all that um, predatory birds ready. That's after the Ezekiel 38 war, God calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up. And then seven years later, at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air once again to clean up the land. So the cleanup crew's in Israel right now. Amazing with that. So you have many, many more signs. Men will be lovers themselves. We have selfie six. But you've gone from signs to signals. When you're on the freeway, you got signs telling you how close you are to a city. Once you get in the city, you, you don't need signs anymore. you got signals. You had blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles four in a row a couple of years ago. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel's made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. So amazing. The heavens are signaling how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And then last year you had the Bethlehem Star. Pretty radical. You had Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus come together at the birth of Jesus. The constellation was Virgo. Uh, this last year, NBC Nightly News even said it. We have a celestial event. Those three planets came together. The constellation was Leo. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So all of these things are, are the heavens signaling Jesus is about to come. You had Mercury do a flyby of the sun. It uh, does about five times in a century, but it went around down directly over the Temple Mount at sundown. Crazy. Orion changed his instrument to hammer. And uh, you had the, the planets form a, a sickle. The moon formed a sickle. You had hammer and sickle on the same day. So uh, that's Russia's symbol. So God's trying to show them you're getting ready to go through the threshing floor. So how privileged are we to watch verse after verse after verse after verse come to pass to show us how close we are? The whole main purpose is to have great joy and a great hope. As you see the day approaching, he said, lift your head up, indicating don't be depressed, be excited, you're about to see Jesus face to face. This is not an escape theology, this is a hustle theology. You see the finish line, you run faster. I've never seen anybody in a race when they see the finish line slow down. No, they hustle, they accelerate. Well, all these things point to the finish line because Jesus is just about to come back. What do we do as believers? Help our local church, help our local pastor uh, be more engaged than we've ever been. We're all hands on deck, have that mentality because we're about to see Jesus face to face. How wild to be the generation that gets to see him. So we'll come back next week and we'll look at what all's happening around Israel. All these things are unfolding, the, the, the stuff from Bahrain and even the economic. And next will come out the political unveiling of what America has for the Palestinians. It'll be intriguing if they start changing their verbiage and their tune because it, it, it's showing how amazingly a prosperous they could make Gaza and could make the Palestinians. So now they've rejected all the other offers of the past that were so wonderful. We'll see what they do with this one. So you're watching the setup for the coming of the Lord. How blessed are we? Hey, have a blessed, awesome week. We'll see you next Wednesday. God bless you. I love uh, 
I love just listening to that and, and watching it unfold before us. You know, this week he didn't even mention this, but um, I don't know if you heard or, or saw, but uh, how many more earthquakes are happening? Like there was an earthquake in Spain. There was an earthquake in... Uh, I can't remember. There was an earthquake somewhere. It was like a 5.6. said it was the first earthquake they'd had like in 130 years or something. I mean, you know, just, I mean, man, just happening quickly, rapidly. Amen. All right, so let's, uh, let's get into the Word. We're, tonight we're going to uh, finish up chapter 17 and 18. And if you remember last week we looked at the, we got through the, the last, you know, in chapter 16, uh, we saw the the last of the uh, the tribulation period, and which was the pouring out of the seven bowls or the seven vials of, of God's wrath, and then chapter 17 and 18, kind of um, their information chapters again. You know, in other words, it kind of stops the timeline, and it goes back and it fills in some gaps. Chapter 17, we got through most of it, but I want to I want to kind of hit it again, and I wrote some stuff down here to kind of maybe help you instead of just trying to throw it out there and, and to where maybe you, can, maybe you can understand a little bit better when you see it. But chapter 17 and 18 deal with Babylon and the fall of Babylon. And now there's, a, you know, if you study this, if you go out there and look at different commentators and um, different people, depending on, you know, depending on their, their take on the book of Revelation, some people think that, that it's talking about a literal city and then other people talk or think that it's talking about like a system. You know, I myself, I mean, I, I can see both points. I can see how it could be a city, but, but I myself really think that it's talking about the, the, like chapter 17 deals with the religious aspect of it. I believe it's dealing with the religious system, you know, that, that the Antichrist is setting up. And, and then, of course, even the same way in chapter 18, when we get into chapter 18, it deals with the political and economical system. And, and here again, I believe, I believe when you see this, um, it could be, like I said, you read it and it could be literal, it could be an actual city, and, and it also could be just the system, you know what I mean? And so, you know, really it could be either way. I don't get hung up on it if I don't understand it that much, I mean, but, but I just look at it and the way I see it and the, the people that, that I trust as far as um, interpretation of this and, and different things, I believe that it's talking about the system, you know, like the the like the like when you talk about uh, when you talk about like Satan is God of this world. Well, you know, really he's talking about the world system. He's talking about um, you know the, how how Satan has set things up, and you know, and and so he's talking about like the system around it. So let's real quick let's we'll just start back reading in chapter uh, verse one of chapter seventeen, and we'll read down. We got down through like verse. Uh, I believe verse ten or so last week. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, a lot of time on the first couple of verses here. But when we get down to chapter verses eight, nine, and ten, and in there, we'll slow down a little bit and and uh, pick up where we were last week. So chapter seventeen, verse one says this: And there came out of the seven, there came out, there there, there came one. I'll get this out in a second. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials. In other words, one of the angels that had poured the bowls out. One of them came out and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Verse 15, when we get over here in verse 15, we'll see that the, the waters uh, is talking about people. It's not talking about like a sea or a body of water, but it's talking about a group of people. And you'll see that in verse number 15 when he, he goes into a little bit more explanation of that. Verse 2, he goes on and says, With whom... The kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And you know, we could talk. We talked a lot, some about that last week, but you could really talk a lot about, uh, you know, the way, the way that the religious, what the religious system has done to, uh, to the church. You know, I mean, the when when you see um, the religious system, like I saw today, you know, there was a whole church. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the group, but they, they had a prayer meeting over uh, blessing a Planned Parenthood uh, facility, you know, and praying blessings over it and, and saying that it was of God. And, and you know, when, 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 the, when the enemy gets into the religious system, that's what happens. 
you know, things just go haywire. Things go crazy. People believe lies. And they, they just, I mean, it's just incredible what, you know, people, you know, whole denominations ordaining, uh, you know, gay and lesbian ministers. I mean, it just goes against everything the Word says. But yet they, they say, oh, well, God, you know, God loves everybody and God would want them to be able. Well, yes, God does love everybody, but if it goes against His Word, it's still sin. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, and, and that's what happens when, and that's what he said here. He said he's made the whole, he, the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. You know, so, so the enemy has really infiltrated here, and, and this, is, this is, you know, really talking about especially the end times, but man, we can see this is true even today. This has started, you know, I mean, this is, um, this is happening even as we speak. Verse 3, so, so it says, So he carried me away in the Spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, we've seen this beast before in Revelation 13, in Revelation 10, I believe it is. Um, you know, we know that this beast, um, you know, we know that the beast is the, the Antichrist. And the woman here um, is, is, you know, and it says the woman was sitting on top of, on top of the beast. And like in, in uh, Revelation 13... You know, we, we saw that, and also in, um, I believe it was Revelation, let's see, Revelation 12, actually, um, the, where we saw the red dragon, and, and, and actually I said that wrong. The beast is actually Satan. The woman is the Antichrist. I, I said that backwards there. Uh, and it says, so verse 4 says, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Now, this cup is going to come back uh, into play when we get into chapter 18. But notice she's decked out in beautiful clothes. She looks good. She's probably beautiful. And she's carrying, you know, she's got gold and silver and pearls and, and fine clothing. And, you know, how, how many of you know that the religious system looks good? But the cup that you drink out of that religious system, here it says is full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And so he goes on to say this, and it says, And upon her forehead was a name, was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And, and you know, we talked about what that name meant and, and different things. Verse 6 goes on to say, And I saw the woman drunken, now listen to this, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Now, when that word admiration doesn't mean he, he admired her and respected her. He was just in awe. He couldn't believe what he was seeing, you know. And, and just, just like what I said, I read that article today about that whole church, you know, blessing a Planned Parenthood and blessing abortions. And, and I, I mean, I was in awe of that. I mean, I was just like, I can't believe that. I mean... That, that's almost that's almost one of those things you you have to read twice to make sure you didn't mis, misunderstand what they were trying trying to say, and that's what John was saying here. He he didn't say he was full of admiration, like oh wow, I love this. He looked at that and he's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing, you know. So, verse seven says, and the angel said unto me, Wherefore did you marvel, or why did you marvel? He said, I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition or go into judgment. And they, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath, un, or which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. The woman sitteth. And verse 10, this is, I think this is where we, where we stopped last week. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short space. So we talked, I gave you these last week, but he said that the seven mountains were seven kingdoms, and, and it said five was, and then it said one is, and one is yet to come. The, what he was talking about was the seven, um, and actually up to the point he was write, writing this, there was six, but the six kingdoms that ruled the world. At one time, they ruled the known world. 
You know, so Egypt at one time did was the first, then Assyria overtook Egypt, then Babylon overtook uh, Assyria, and you know, and it was just progressive. The Medo, the, the Mede Persians overtook Babylon, Greece overtook them, and then finally Rome uh, overtook Greece. So these five: Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, the Persian Empire, the Greece Empire, the Greek Empire. They was at one time the rulers, but they were now fallen when John was writing this. You know, so they were the five that were at one time, they were rulers of the whole world, but now their kingdoms had fallen. And he said the one that is was the Roman Empire, which that was when John was writing this, when he was having this revelation, when he was alive as he was writing this, the Roman Empire was the one that was in rule. I mean, they were over everything. So that was the one that is. And then he said there was one that was not, but that would be, and it says when, when he comes, there at the end of verse 10, it says when he comes, he must continue a short space. So we know this, that when, that when that seventh nation rises, when that seventh kingdom rises, it's not going to be for a long time. He said it's only going to be for a short space. Well, uh, Joseph mentioned this about how that the Antichrist is going to come in and offer a peace plan and, and offer a you know, a system, offer something that where everybody's going to jump in on it and, and come together. And what's going to happen, and actually, probably most people agree, and, and I wrote here that the seventh nation, most people agree. We, you know, nobody knows for sure, but because it hasn't yet been risen. You know, it's not, it's not yet uh, in power. But most people believe that it's going to be the revived Roman Empire out of Europe, uh, out, of the, out, of the, you know, out of that area, but what what system is there now? What is you know if if you look at the if you look at the backbone of what is in that world in that part of the world and and the system that's kind of in place that could step in and do this, what is it? It's the European Union. You know if you look at the European Union, they're the ones they want they want one world religion, they want one world money, they want one world government. You know, they want, they, they, you know, the European Union, if you go out to their website, I went out to their website this week and looked at this, their, their mission statement is to have all these nations come together as one and be under one governing body to where everybody, and they want a, they want a um, cashless society to where, because right now, you know, like, like if you're, you know, have dollars and then you go to China, you know, they have the yen or whatever. If you go somewhere else, they have another. Well, the European Union wants to come together and put one currency to where no matter where you are, you have one currency to where everything flows perfectly. You know, well, that all sounds fine and well, but what does that mean? That means you have one group control everything. I mean, you know, so, um, so anyway, most people, most people, most scholars believe that, that the Roman Empire out of, the, out of Europe, out of the Euro, European part of the world there, will be, the, will be what the Antichrist uses to rise up and to, to take control. And, and, to, and, and they're not going to be in control long because you're talking about just the, at a minimum, or probably even as a maximum, I would say, at a maximum you've got seven years during the tribulation period, at, at a maximum, that this, that this organization is going to be um, in power, and actually, you're not even going to have that long because we're going to see, even in the next verse, things don't work out too good for this. The Antichrist turns on three of these nations, three of these leaders, and actually takes them out and puts himself back in place of that. So, so even in this process, you know, the ten kings talking about this is the seven mountains, but then the ten kings that that come in, the, the ten ruling powers, and actually, that's the next. Let's let's go on and read the next verse, and we'll the next couple of verses, and we'll get into that. So it says, um, verse, uh, verse 10, it says, When he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and he goeth into perdition. So, so it says that the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. So, you know, and, and I know what, what John saw was seven horns, or seven, you know, seven heads and ten horns. Now, if you hold your place and just turn to Daniel, and, and I can just read this just for the sake of time, but Daniel had this dream, you know, because you can look, you can you can take Daniel and, and line it up right with Revelation, and, and it just goes hand in hand with it. Well, Daniel has this this kind of a dream. Daniel saw a little bit different stuff, but when you when you understand, and I don't have time to go in because he saw four beasts, and but when you when you put that, all of that together, it's the same thing that John saw, except for just John had a few more years 
that of, of some of these nations happening and, and you know, falling between when Daniel was alive and when John was alive. So what Daniel saw was, was a true revelation. You know, John just had a little bit more years to fill in the gaps, so to speak, if that makes sense. But Daniel says this in Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, and I'm just going to pick out just a couple of verses. Daniel says this. He said, I considered the horns, because he saw, he saw the same thing with the ten horns, he said, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till, till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and hair as the head of like a pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And, and he goes on and describes some other things. But what Daniel said there, I just wanted you to see that. In Daniel's vision, Daniel saw the ten horns, but then he saw another little horn rise up, and then that little horn overthrew three of the other horns and, and, you know, and took power over them. So what's going to happen, you have these, you know, the seven mountains were the seven the seven nations that, that were in power, Daniel saw a little horn come up. The ten horns, uh, the little horn, three of them were plucked up and replaced. I didn't write this down. I, I forgot to write this down. But the ten horns, what he said here, if you'll notice, he said that the ten horns were ten rulers. But the interesting thing is, it says, when John was talking here, John said these rulers have not, are not in place yet. So, you know, because people always try to say, well, this this person, this person, and this person... But John said, look, these, these ten horns that come up, they're not even in place yet. Well, of course they're not in place because look how many years has transpired from when John wrote this to where we are today. Now, I will say this, that more than likely these ten horns are in place today. More than likely. Now, it doesn't tell us who they are, but, but what you'll find is you'll find out like when, when the seventh nation, when this seventh nation, and we're, we're going to be in heaven when this happens, so, so you know, we, won't, we won't be concerned with this, but when this seven world empire rises, there'll probably be ten leaders that are the main leaders. Like right now, the European Union, have, they have something like 170-some nations or something like that under them that have come in together and, and have agreed with their stuff. But there will be ten major nations probably that, that, will, that will, ten uh, rulers or ten nations, and the rulers of those nations will be in power. And what he says is going to happen is this, is that the Antichrist is not going to be happy with them, and he's going to take three of them out probably, to be honest with you, he'll probably assassinate them. He'll probably just have them cut off. And it says then he becomes the eighth. In other words, he takes three of them out, and then he says, hey, look, I want to put some more in, but I'm going to be the ruler here. And it says, Daniel says that he had eyes, and he was a ruler, he had a mouth. And, you know, so, so we see here that the Antichrist is not going to be happy with those ten horns. Three of them are going to be cast down. He's going to replace them, and then the Antichrist is actually going to be, become one of those rulers. Then he goes on to say this. He says... Uh, that was verse 12. It says, And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, which have, received the king, which, have, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. So you can see that their time in, ruler, in, in leadership is not going to be very long. John here says it's going to be one hour. Now I believe that one hour is probably representative of a season probably. And it could be like the last three years or three, three and a half or four years of the tribulation period before basically all hell breaks loose. You know, and the Antichrist, and well, actually, really, Satan is going to be the one because actually, at the end here, what we're going to see is that, that the, the uh, you know, the false prophet, and the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be the first two that's thrown into the bottomless pit or thrown into the lake of fire. I mean, Satan is going to be bound and thrown into the bottomless pit for for a thousand years, but the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be the first two that are, they're the very first two that get thrown into the lake of fire. And they're there in the lake of fire during the, during the millennial reign. And even when Satan's loose, they're in the, the false prophet and the Antichrist are not in the picture. It's just Satan himself. You know, so, so Satan is actually, Satan is actually going to get so upset with the Antichrist, because, because he's not doing, he's not getting the job done that they're going to turn on each other. 
I mean, they're going to be fighting each other. And, and you'll see this here as we get into this. So it says that, it says, These have not received a kingdom as yet, but, but they will receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Verse 13 says, And these have one mind, and they shall give their power and their strength unto the beast. So they give all of their warfare, they give all of their, their power, their military power. Think about this. Think about what the UN tries to do. The UN tries to tell, tries to tell America that they want control of, of the U.S. Army. You know, so they can control what the army does and stuff like that. See, in the end days, these ten kingdoms, these ten nations, all these people, they're going to give, they're going to give the, they're, they're going to give rule and, and reign of their military power over to Satan to do with what he wants. And of course, what does he want? He's going to come against God. And he thinks that he had, he's going to have enough power to destroy God. But we know how that turns out. Actually, four, verse 14 tells us that. It kind of gives us a, 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 just a glimpse of what's going to happen. Verse 14 says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. You know who's with the Lamb? You and me. We're, we're with Him when we overcome Satan in that last battle. Glory to God. Amen. Now, verse 15. There's a lot we can say about that, but I've I I got to get through chapter 18 tonight. 15 says, And he said unto me, the angel said unto him, The waters which you saw where the, where the horse sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So that, that was what we saw in verse number 1. It says, And the ten horns which you saw upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. So, so these... So these ten nations are actually going to turn on the Antichrist. And it says, They shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So these, these ten nations are actually going to turn on the Antichrist, and on, on the, the, that one person, and come against him, and really just, just, really just ravish him of his power. And we're going to find out here in, verse, here on, in the next couple of verses... That, that really that's the plan of God. Notice in verse 17. It says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill His will. That is an incredible statement. Did you, did you catch that? That God put in the hearts of the ten nations, the ten horns that are upon the, the beast, God has put in their hearts the, what is needed so that, so that God's will will be fulfilled. Isn't that incredible? And it says, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. My, my, my. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And here again, that's talking about that religious system that he raised up and that, and that, that it controls all of the, the kings of the earth. So that was, that was the destroying of the religious system. Now chapter 18, let's just go through this real quick. This is going to talk about the political and the economic, the money system that, that is set up. And so John said this, he said, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with the glory. Man, so this angel comes out of heaven, we don't know, maybe this is Jesus himself, or just an angel, we don't know. But it says that this angel comes down out of heaven, and there's such power in him and such glory in him, that when he comes down, the whole earth is lit with the glory of God. Mm. And it says, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Wow. It says, for all, Now the, he's still, the angel's still talking, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Remember the cup that was in her hand in, in chapter 17? He, here he says, All nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. In other words, they've joined in with her, with that system. They've joined the system. And, they, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So in other words, she, one of the reasons that everybody's going to join in with her 
is because she's going to make them prosperous in the end times. She, the peace plan, everything that, that, that the Antichrist comes to, to offer is going to make, every, make all the nations... Listen, there's a reason they all join in to begin with. is because she's going to make it so good that you couldn't resist it. And it says, and then, so then John said in verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. As soon as, you know, when I read that, I immediately think of the difference of that and what the Bible says, what God does with our iniquities. What does the Bible say? He says, He remembers our iniquities no more. But here it says, Her sins have reached to the heavens, and He remembers her sins. Oh, I'm so thankful He don't remember our sins. Amen. So thankful we're under grace. Because remember, when the church is removed, the, the age of grace is over. And everything kind of reverts back to the old law system. And now here it says her sins are adding up. And they reached all the way to heaven. And finally, God, there's going to come a point where God says, okay, enough's enough. And we're ending this right now. And notice what happens. And, and uh, verse 6, this angel, is, this angel is still speaking. And, and he, says, he says, her sins have reached into heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. So reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled full to her, to her double. So this angel said, you know what? This, ain't, this, this woman, the Antichrist, or this system, this, this system is going to get double vengeance, is going to get double punishment for the punishment that she dealt out. Now what was the punishment she dealt out? Remember what was in that cup. It said it was the blood of the martyrs of the saints. You know, her, her religious system killed all of the ones that believed in God or tortured them or, or punished them. And here he says now she's going to be getting double of what she gave out. Verse 7, it says, How much she hath glorified herself. And notice there's three things here that, that she, the, the three sins, basically three major sins that she did, that this system does. How much she hath, number one, glorified herself. And, number two, lived deliciously. And so, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she hath said in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am no, I am no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. So the three sins were self-glorification, self-gratification, and self-sufficiency. You know, she glorifies herself, she, she edifies herself. She thinks that, that she is all that. And she says, you know what? No, I, nobody can touch me. I'm not a widow. I haven't lost anything. And I'll never have any sorrow. You know, so but she's about to find out that uh, that's definitely not the case. Verse number 8 goes and says this. Therefore, because of that, because of those three things there, because of, you know, her sins, says, therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Death and mourning, and famine, and she shall be uh, utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Wow. So, so here he says, he says, she sits here and says all this, I'm, I'm good and I've got all this and nobody's, I'm, I haven't lost anything and, and I've got all power, I'll never have sorrow. But God says in one hour, watch what happens to her. Now remember, we're talking about the, the, the economic and political system. Think about what happened on 9-11. When, when those planes hit those towers, think about what happened to the stock market. Think about what happened to the world economy. You know, I mean, just, I mean, overnight, it shut down. I mean, and it plummeted, right? Well, here, if you think about, if you think about her, talking about her, Babylon here, if you talk about her as a political and economic system... When, when this judgment hits her, there's three different groups of people that's getting ready to see her, and they're going to cry and they're going to mourn at what happens to this, to this economic and political system. Okay? Let's look here. In verse number 9, it goes on to say this. And the first group, it says, And the kings of the earth, or the world leaders, who have committed fornication and lived uh, deliciously with her, shall bewail her, and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. 
standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is your judgment come. Then it says in verse 11, it gives the second group of people. And this is the business people. It says, The merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. In other words, when, this, when, when that judgment hits that, it shuts the whole world down. It shuts buying and selling. And notice it gives a list here in the next couple of verses. Look at all the merchandise that's, that, that, that it talks about here. The merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones of pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, and all the, all the uh, thion wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of precious wood, and, and of brass, and iron, and marble, cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and now notice this, and slaves, and the souls of men. So that tells you that slavery's coming back. This system has enslaved people. Now listen, you, you, can, you can see the, the economic and political system today, and I promise you, there's slaves in those systems. Those systems have enslaved people, and they, they're trapped. They can't get out. And here he even calls them out, and he says, you know, those people are, are done. I mean, there's their history. You know, you can't... I mean, everything's shut down. And verse 14 says, And the fruits that, that, that thy soul lusted after are departed from you. And all the things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you. And you shall find them no more at all. So, we, we could put it another way. I mean, just a real simple way. If this were to happen today, we would say it like this. What if, what if all of the gold, what if all of the money, what if every, the, whole, the whole economic system in America, what if it were just to disappear overnight? What would we do? How would you buy anything? How would you sell? I mean, you know, your money's no good. Gold's no good. Silver's no good. Cash is no good. What do you do? I mean, everything you have is worthless. I mean, just, just like that. And that's what happens here. He says everything you counted good, everything you counted as anything worthy, all of a sudden it's nothing. Because, her, because the judgment of that world has come. The judgment of that system. And it says the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. Mm. And then the third system here, the third group of people. This is the distributors. You have the world leaders, you have the businessmen, and then here's the people that, that, tra that moved all this stuff. It says, And every shipmaster... And all of the company in ships and sailors, as many as trade by the sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto that great city? And they cast dust on their heads, and they cringed, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were all made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. So listen, I'm telling you guys, you might think that the wicked is prospering, but I promise you, in one hour things can change. In a split second, things can change just like that. And then notice verse 20. We're almost through. Notice verse 20, because from here on out, I promise you, man, I mean, this gets good. 19 and 20, chapter 19 and 20 is where I've been wanting to get to for a long time. Uh, because it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb and the millennial reign and, 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 and heaven, right? So, but verse 20, now notice all of this desolation and all of this destruction and, and God has finally, He's finally poured His judgment out. The Antichrist has been judged. The system has been judged. Everything, the, the, the seals and the trumpets and the bowls have all been poured out. I mean, we're, we're talking about this is the last day. Everything is, everything is done. You know, except for just the, the, final, the final fight, the final battle, basically. And here in verse 20, it, it kind of shifts scenes all of a sudden, 
And notice what the angel said. The angel says, Rejoice over her! Now notice the other people were wailing over her. The, 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 the world leaders, the businessmen, the distributors, they were wailing and weeping. Then the angel shifts scenes and he starts talking to somebody else. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the righteous. And all of a sudden now he says, Rejoice over her, thou heaven and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So the whole time people were crying out, when will you avenge our, when will you avenge our blood? When will the blood be, you know, her blood be taken because of the blood she shed? And now here the angels crying out to heaven, looking to heaven saying, rejoice because now judgment has been poured out. And it says, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, which a millstone was one of those stones that, that crushed the wheat or the, you know, like when the, in the, uh, when they would put the wheat in the, in the threshing floor and they would run that stone around it to, to break off the, the hard shell of the wheat and to separate the, you know, the good from the bad, that was what a millstone was, you know, a few hundred pounds, probably five, six hundred pounds, something like that. It says, A mighty angel came and took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that, shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. So in other words, he said, he said, just like this millstone cast into the sea, he says, Babylon is going to be gone forever, just like that. It says, and the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in you. Talking about Babylon. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. The light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. The voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more in all of thee. For thy merchants were great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all the nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and all that were slain upon the earth. But notice what happened when the judgment, when the judgment came, all of that was wiped out. It says no, no more voices, no more sounds, no more partying, no more, you know, nothing is going to be heard in Babylon anymore. That whole system is shut down. And then in chapter 19, just the first verse here, because, because the, scene, the scene shifts from what you see on earth to heaven. And it says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power be unto the Lord our God. So in verse 20, he told them to rejoice. And then as soon as all this happened, John heard heaven rejoicing. Amen. So next week, we'll get into chapter 19. is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then, and then uh, the beast and the false prophet is thrown into the, thrown into, uh, uh, the lake of fire. And then in chapter 20, the millennial reign talks about... Now listen, it's incredible how, how we've seen how such detail God has been in, in all of these things. Think about this, the millennial reign, a thousand year reign that, that, you know, that, that we're going to see upon the earth. There's six verses committed to it here in Revelation. I mean, you know, in other words, I mean, you know, and, and we, there's a lot more. We can find a lot more scripture and we'll compare a lot more scripture to that. But it's just incredible that just that whole thousand years, there's only six verses here in Revelation devoted to it. But what a glorious six verses that is. Amen. And we'll, So next week, we'll look at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll see the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. Nobody will ever have to deal with them again. And Satan will be bound in the bottomless pit. And man, and so, so like I said, the good, news, the good news is that things are shifting. Amen. And, uh, and now we come back in. We come back in the picture. Because we've been in heaven while the tribulation period is going on. Now it's going to shift gears and it's going to show us what we've been doing and what we will do and, and as we come back on the earth. So, uh, so praise God. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. And, uh, and we're going to get... Any questions before, Ricardo? It is. Why we keep going if we can't 
You know, to be honest, I don't have an answer for that. I've, I've wondered that myself, you know. But it's because, here, here's, here's the main reason, because we want to bring peace to that area, and the only way that peace is ever going to come is that the Palestinians are satisfied. But they, but they won't be. Listen, you heard what Joseph Moore said, that in those deals, they offered them 97%, 97% of, of Gaza, and they rejected it. The, the peace deal that, that Jared Kushner is going to introduce next week, uh, or later this week, maybe next week, uh, I guess at the end of this week, at, that, at the G20, I believe it is, uh, they're going to try and introduce that. But $50 billion to the Palestinians. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to buy peace. But it said that every one of the leaders, every one of the Palestinian leaders have already come out and rejected it wholeheartedly, said we're not interested. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean... You know, and, and but 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 now listen, we look at that and we, we can't fathom that. But here's here's what it is. It's part of God's plan, because you see, because because that that's what's going to bring the antichrist into full power is when the antichrist is going to come in and he's going to present a plan, and the Palestinians are going to agree to it. Jerusalem, I mean, the the Jews are going to agree to it. Iran, Russia, you know, all, you know, Saudi Arabia, all these nations are going to say yes, that's it, let's do it. And see, and that, and then all of a sudden now, what what do you think that's going to happen to his stock? It's going to go, it's going to skyrocket because he because he came up with this plan and he got all these people to the table and they agreed to it. And for three and a half years, it's going to be great. But at the midpoint of the tribulation, we've seen that what happens is you know he, he's going to rise up and say, nope, you're going to worship me, and you know, and and it's, all hell's going to break loose, basically. Yep. But that's really the, the true answer is really. That that is all part of God's plan. So, I don't we don't fully under I don't fully understand that, but but that's that's what it is. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Just real quick. All right. Well, let me pray for you, and then we'll go. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for revelation, Father. Tonight we uh, we're so excited about that you've given us, Father. You you've shown us the future. You've shown us what's going to happen, and Father, even greater than that for me is you chose us to be a part of this end-time generation. Father, I'm so grateful for that, Lord, and that means we have a big part to play. Father, we've got to tell people about you. We've got to get the gospel out, the good news, that, Father, people don't have to go through this, that they can, they can be ready when you come, when you, when you come to get your church, Father, and I want to take as many people with us as we can. So, Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for giving us, Father, for setting that fire on the inside of us for salvation, for, for witnessing and for reaching out to people and, and just sharing the love of God with people. Pray blessings over each person. Thank you for giving us those opportunities this week, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless.